it's just scary, you know, because as I said, you know, there's that whole community pressure. So you feel like every time you're unlearning or questioning, you feel like everybody is trying to, is going to be on your case. Like, oh my God, why is he doing this? And you know how we say it in our community, even if our Zoom evil, even if you're trying to do something for yourself, they're like, no, you're just doing it so that you can try and be like that. And you're like, it's nothing to do with trying to be like that. It's trying to be me who I am. Family, you are listening to Concrete Pastures. I am Nancy Mulemwasisi. Being an immigrant has been one of the most challenging and extraordinary experiences of my life. It inspired me to create a platform to reach out to my fellow immigrants and dreamers. The goal is to provide a space for myself and others to share our stories as we deconstruct the world's view of immigrant status. We discuss issues that are important to us in the diaspora. We celebrate the joys, the laughs, the bravery that being an immigrant brings. Thank you so much for tuning in today. We appreciate your support. To all of our new listeners, welcome to the family. If you haven't heard already, we do have an app out. Concrete Pastures app is out on Google Play. You can download it for free. While you're there, leave us a review. Let us know what you think about it. Share it with your family and friends, your followers on social media. Tag us as you continue to share. We appreciate you for all of those that have shared already. And let our guests know what you think. What resonated with you, with their story. Let us know. We love hearing from you. On today's guest, oh my goodness, the power of community. I love it. I met him in Pipebreak and also we are in the same group on, um, in the community called ZPAD. This is for all podcasters all over the world that are Zambians. And Pipebreak is a community of podcasters that are Africans all over the world. So I love it. And it's a great space to be, both spaces are great spaces to be in. And they pour into each of us differently because one is really managed in Zambia and we get to connect with our Zambian um, side of things. And then we get to connect with everybody all over the world from different countries in part break as well. We get to learn their cultures and their content and on what they are, they are doing. Our guest today's name is Walusungu Mwazikani Piri. He calls himself as the kid from Chilenje. Hello, our Chilenje family. He is currently in China studying and he's an engineer, audio production enthusiast and pan-Africanist. He also plays games, guys. All right. I wanted to bring him from behind the scenes. He's a producer of the podcast called Village ZM podcast so i wanted to get to know the man behind 
everything else that happens. Like, you know, why not? All right. I have to acknowledge something before you listen to this episode. All of our episodes are pre-recorded months in advance. The COVID restrictions discussed in this episode have since been lifted. Welcome, my brother. Walu, what's up? How are you, my I'm dear? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. Thank you. Super happy to be here. Super honored to be on your show. Ah, I'm excited. I couldn't wait to have this conversation because I'm curious what's going on in China. But before we go to China, I just want, you know, the kid from Chilenje. How was Chilenje for you in Zambia? Ah, Chilenje was... <laughs> Chilenje was beautiful. It's um actually one of the only homes that I can really remember because I've been there for, I think, since I was four. And I left uh, Zambia when I was about 16, 17. So it's like really the only home that I know. It's a space that I really loved and really got accustomed to. It was super hard to leave, but I'm happy I did leave. I'm happy I was able to take that leap of faith and try something new and different. Nice. How was it growing up? You had your parents. How was it? I mean, I lived in Kawata before leaving to the U.S. So it was, I would walk from Kawata to Chilenje and then back and forth. Yeah, it's, it's a long walk, but <laughs> in Zambia, we walk almost everywhere. If you're not taking the minibus or a taxi, you're mostly walking most of the time. Yeah. So it, you, we were neighbors. We were neighbors. Yes, we were neighbors. We were neighbors. Yeah. Same constituency, if they are being no. political. Honestly, it was, it, it was amazing. I was fortunate enough to still have to still have both of my parents um, together, married and alive. So it's uh, it's amazing. I have three biological siblings and I have got two... I don't want to use the word adopted because it feels... It's, it's, it's not the African word, but I don't know if we actually yeah. have like the Zambian word for it. But we do have two adopted siblings. Let's call them that. They're cousins. But oh. that's so close to me that I feel like they're my siblings. I think it's a, it's a common thing back home. I grew up with my cousins that became like my mom's children, really. Yeah. So it's very common and we get so close. It's like, I, I grew up with my cousins the whole time. Like, I've, I don't remember a time when I didn't have cousins because my grandmother had eight children and wow. some of my mom's siblings passed away. So as they were passing away, she would adopt their children. And take care of them. It's just how it is back home. You just you take the responsibility. Yeah, it is. It is one of the things that honestly you get to really love about being back home, about being Zambia. It's that whole sense of, you know, community that we that we do have. It's um it's sad, unfortunately, that's so that with one of my cousins, the siblings, is that he also has like a similar situation where he did lose his mom at a very young age. She was living with my grandparents and then my mom and dad decided to like take him on and yeah. keep him with us. And it's just beautiful at least, you know, that despite all the tragedy that happens, we do have that beautiful sense of community that really takes care of each other. Make sure that everybody is taken care of. No, a hundred percent. I love the sense of community that we have. But without my cousins, I, I don't know. Like they also bring something else. <laughs> <laughs> Because I do. I know what you mean. You know, you know what I mean. 
<laughs> I know what you mean. You're yeah. like, yes, these are my siblings, but with my cousins, I can't. I can't imagine my life being anything yeah. else. Like, yeah. how would it be without them? It's like there's so many. They like just. I don't even think that words. I can't really describe. Yes, there's yeah. the, the, the different re- relationship that you build with them compared to yeah. like my sisters. Like if they are you, ha- if they are brothers, we become like brother and sister. That's how I've I've had yeah. my cousins. Like the way like my brothers, but with my sisters, it's also a different connection that we have. So yeah, yeah, I love it. So when did you leave Zambia? Sick. I left Zambia in 2016, September 2016. Nice. It, yeah, I actually left to study civil engineering. I was lucky enough to have a cousin in China who was able to help me find a place over here. Oh, wow. So you yeah. get to China. And where are you in yes. China? I'm in Hangzhou, China. I've actually been in Hangzhou since I, since I arrived. I haven't left. I, I really can't see myself leaving. I've become so accustomed to the city that's not even mine. It feels... And, and you even see, like, the city grow and everything. You're like, I, I don't really see myself moving. It's, it's hard to. Wow. Hmm? Wow. Yeah. Um, what are the requirements to go to China? Like, uh, what do you need? Okay, right now, it's a bit tricky because of um, because of China's um, COVID-0 policy that, that that they do have. I'm not sure if you know of it, but China is trying to reach COVID-0, meaning no COVID cases in China. And um, they've been struggling with it. So because of it, actually, travel is a bit restricted for students right now. So a number of students who left China are only just beginning to get in. And not even a lot of them, but just a few. And even for like a student like me, I can't, as far as I know anyway, I can't leave China and come back. So right now, from what I hear, you have to have been studying in China for you to come back to China because you're coming to complete your program. So that's so, what I'm hearing. Got it. So for anybody who's thinking new, coming brand new to China, they are not allowing entry. As of right now, no. But then we, we do hear that the policies are bound to change within the new year, with the new year. So yeah. I'm hoping that um, once the new year comes, then most students were able to get into China. The old process was like really super easy. All you had to do was just apply at the university you needed to apply to, speak to them and everything. You do your registration. And once you get your acceptance, all you do is just simply go over to the Chinese embassy, submit your documents and you get your visa and then you're able to come over here. It was like really, I don't say super simple and easy, but it was rather easy. It wasn't like a pain in the... Where's the embassy pain. in Osaka? The embassy in Osaka is... <laughs> oh my sorry I forget to don't worry <laughs> I'd like to say Long Acres <laughs> I'd um, like to say Long Acres but, I, but, guys, but I'm not sure knows, if it is Long Acres look at DMS <laughs> let, let us know so just it's just for the sake of anybody who's looking yesterday literally on Facebook people were asking me about Canada I'm in the US people but they asked me about Canada and the requirements so I did research for them and I put it for them and then I found out that they actually have an embassy in Lusaka. So I was like, oh, wow. I learned something too. So <laughs> I, I'm guessing it's in that embassy. I don't just say embassy square, but there's like this street or like region, like within yeah. Long Acres, where like yeah. the bunch of embassies. So it's around that area. Um, opposite, my Lord, I, I, I can't even remember. I can see the place in my mind, but the name <laughs> of the place has like, completely gone 
Walu. It's completely gone. <laughs> this is my memory. People ask me about the food. People ask me. I'm like, I don't remember those things. I, 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 it's not even by fault because I don't eat it yeah. anymore here. They don't have it. I'm sure if I ask my Zambian people, some people, someone is selling it. But I don't, yeah. <laughs> we lose touch a little bit. <laughs> we, 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 we do lose touch. We do lose touch. And it's those conversations that I hate having like with people back home worse with my mother because she was always like you're becoming less Zambian by the day that you keep on forgetting so many things eventually you even start forgetting about us uh, that's what she was like uh. <laughs> guys it's not that way it's just if you don't if you're not practicing even our language if we're not practicing constantly we forget some words we we might know yeah. the words in our heads, but for it to come out, it's not the same anymore. So forgive it's not us. The same. It's it's a struggle. It's a struggle. I, <laughs> it's a struggle. But I do try. I do try sometimes, at least with the language here and there. Uh, occasionally with mom, though. Usually it just ends at like the greeting. Yeah. Oh, wow. How long is the visa like for students if they give a visa? How long is the visa for? Students, you have to renew every year. That's uh, the usual requirement for most students. You have to renew your visa every year. They don't give a visa longer than a year, to my knowledge. So mm-hmm. it's at least, it's a simple process, really. Yeah. Um, for students, all you just have to do practically is even go there the day before your visa expires, hand in your documents. As long as you've got everything in order, most likely they would ask for like a copy of your um, of a paper from your school just to prove that you're still a student. They need um, registration papers as well from your police station or from your dormitory, as well as your medical records, just to prove that you're fit and everything. And then you submit and you're done. Got it. Quick question uh, for you. So when you are there, like, how do you renew? Do you renew with your school or you have to go to the embassy? Actually, there's an immigration bureau that I have to go to. In, in, in your school or just separate? Um, separate. It's it, it separate. So the school just gives me a document that I have to take over to, first of all, the police, just to confirm my registration. No, it's just for accommodation because they <laughs> try to choose my words. <laughs> China has certain, certain laws to do with like where people are staying and everything. No, like not like it's a real thing because like if you're technically if you're staying at someone's place for over twenty four hours. You're supposed to go to the nearest police station and register yourself and be like, oh, hey, I'm just visiting. I'm just at my friend's house. I'm just staying here. This is me. That's it. That, that's technically what the law is. If you're staying. Yeah. <laughs> I could see it. Yeah. <laughs> it's what the law is. You don't just go, you just go and attend the Kutandala. No, 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 no. When you go to Tandala, you go by the police station and say, oh, I'm visiting my friend as well. I'll be staying here for over 24 hours. And uh, yeah, this is me. Then they, you know, get your your information, the place where your friend is staying, you know, do a few procedural things and you're good, technically. I'm dying. (laughs) (laughs) I'm dying. What? No. Yes, 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 yes. Yes, technically, according to the law. Huh? That's that, that's the job. That, that that's the job. <laughs> you go to visit twenty four hours. You gotta go to the police and let them know I'm visiting Walu. And yeah, they, they give you a time frame that you can visit Walu for this time. 
No, not really. Okay, it's, it's just more of less like confirming your residence, confirming that you're not living in your where you where you register that you're staying, and you're just staying somewhere else momentarily. More or less. Do residents have to do that too? No, I believe it's for foreigners. That that, that those laws should apply for foreigners only. Okay, so I'm I'm just thinking about the yeah. freedom that we have. Like I, I appreciate my freedom that I have here in America, but Jesus, wow. Yeah, it's um. <laughs> it's something. <laughs> wow. Okay. Uh, it's a bit funny. Yeah. Even a no, hotel. It's, listen, um, I'm, I'm learning as I'm uh, as I'm sitting here, and that's very interesting. It's very interesting. It, um, is, it is, but it's it's not even like a big thing. It's just something that takes like five, ten minutes, and then you're able to like <laughs> get it out of the way and go wherever you're going, do whatever you're doing. Yeah. I just love how you just okay, okay. It's interesting. <laughs> <laughs> because for, for our audience that's in America I think it's going to be puzzling for me to go to my uh, if I go visit my neighbor yeah. for, uh, this is a holiday season so yeah. some people have sleepovers you go celebrate and I have to go report myself and say you know I'm staying at my best friend's house I'm, for the holiday yeah yeah, I'll be, I'll, be, I'll be here for the holidays. I'll be here maybe for so long. They don't really care, they, but just have to like go through the process. Interesting. So how has been your journey starting there? How is engineering? You loving it? You hating it? You in the middle? It's been a journey, actually. <laughs> I actually uh, finished up with my program. I Sorry, I wasn't super clear of it when, when, when I was giving you the info. I actually did finish with my program. I, I did it from 2016 to 2021. I was doing engineering um, at a different university. Yeah, it was, it was tough. Weirdly, the toughest part of it was Chinese language because language and I don't get along. But other than... Then the language hiccup here and there. It's been an, an amazing journey. It's been like super fun, super interesting. Learned a lot, but also learned that engineering wasn't really my passion. It took me finishing in 2021 and thinking about it. And I'm like, I don't really see myself wanting to be an engineer. I can do it, of course. I can go on the site. I can be that person. I can be in the office, do the drawings and everything. But it's not something that I'm super passionate about, at least not not anymore. Wow. So it's, it's been it's a journey. How, it's been how, how life is. Like you go to school for all of these things and then just to come out and say, it's, it's really not for me. Exactly. What made you pick that major? Engineering. Engineering is something that ended up happening because I couldn't do architecture. Or is it because architecture was difficult for me to do in China? I've always been one who's been interested in design for as long as I could remember. I'm one who's always been interested in in megastructures, more or less. I'm one who's always been interested in the beauty of buildings, the beauty of of design and the effect that that can have on the place, the community, and just in general, the people around them. So I'm one person who, for the longest time, did want to do architecture or at least wanted to build or design something that is going to leave a mark on our country something that is going to help you know improve you know the landscape of of, of our country so i remember picking it out quite a while back i can't remember exactly how old i was but i'm sure i was in primary school and it was just one of those random things that mom was just asking us so what are you gonna be you know what you're not doing when you grow up 
And I was like, I don't really know. But I told her like what I wanted to do and what my my thoughts were. And she was like, well, you sound like you're going to be an architect. And I'm like, what is an architect? You know, because like I was just in primary school. My vocab was very, well, not really limited, but I didn't know some technical bits and everything. And she was like, you know what? This is why we got you that computer. Go check on the computer what an architect is. And I go over there, look at it. And I'm like, this, this feels like me. So that was what my passion was for like the longest time. I was trying to always do everything I could that would help me with architecture. But then unfortunately, when I had to leave Zambia and study in China, architecture was not an option that I had because architecture was done in what well, was an option, but it was going to be a more difficult option. It, I was going to have to do it in Chinese language. I was going to have to learn it completely in Chinese. Yeah. And I, um, I wasn't really feeling like like that challenge. So it took me a few weeks of like deliberating, discussing, because the other option that was there was civil engineering. It's not exactly architecture, but it does take you within the same realm. It does it deals within the same space. So it's an option that we were contemplating or I was contemplating for a while. And to eventually I was like, let me let me give it a try and hopefully one day be able to jump into architecture. So why China? You could have gone anywhere to become an architect and without require, being required to learn the local language, let's say Mandarin, Cantonese. Why not go somewhere else? I guess at the time when we looked at the options that were available, it was, it was the best option. Well, it was China was one of the better options for me. <laughs> you know, it's super funny every time I think about it because for the longest time, my dad was always one person who was like, I'm not a rich, well, I'm not a rich man. That, that, that's my dad. He's like, yes, you go to a good school. You're around people with, in a school with people who got like more money, more whatnot. And you hear about their kids going abroad, going this, going to China, going to Canada, going to Malaysia. And he told me straight up, you are not going there. You're going to CBU. You're going to Unza. That's where you're going. That's where like I was prepared to go. <laughs> Until <laughs> my results came out, now the pressure started of having to look for a place. And he tried to, he was looking at CBU and UNSA. And I believe at that time, because of, you know, UNSA and CBU's closures and their, I don't want to be mean and say mismanagement, but mismanagement, he felt that they may not be the best place for me. So that's how he said looking at other places abroad. And then he found out that well, he knew anyway. He got in contact with one of my cousins who was, in, who was in China at the time. He was studying civil engineering as well. So he spoke with him and then he felt like China was a better option. So he told me to speak to my cousin and figure out what courses I could do in China at that university where my cousin was at. Now, I ask those questions because a lot of the times as children, we get to do things that are for our parents. And the same way that yeah. you feel about engineering, that you don't feel the same about it anymore. You have a different passion. So there's so many people that I've met here. And a lot of the time they go to school and they don't really like what they end up getting, the degree they end up getting, and they end up venturing to do yeah. something else. It happened to me. I was doing nursing because that's what that was the popular thing that everybody else was doing. And it was going to bring me more money. I can do over time. I work three days a week. Who doesn't want that dream? Yeah. And I, <laughs> yeah, like it's three days a week. 
and the rest of the time I, I would love that yeah but then when i um i, I was doing it and then i even did like uh assistant nursing i i felt in my gut and everything in me i love dressing up i love wearing suits i'm enjoying what i'm doing right now and that's at the time i was just a teller i was like you know yeah uh, i'm i'm going to continue to do what i'm doing right now and i just dropped out like it's, i'm good i'm good and it was so competitive no. <laughs> thank you thank you no it it would it, it took so many tries because you do you take the test so i took the test i took the yeah. test i think like three times and for me it was just like a sign it's like don't like it's okay you don't have to go through that route because <laughs> yeah. the third time when i passed it with with higher marks they put me on a waiting yes. list and then you are competing with the next class whoever gets the highest scores they go to the class <laughs> And I don't, I was like, no, yeah. I don't have the energy for this. This is, this is going to take too long. And it was just not working out with my work schedule too. So I was like, it's all good. I'll do something else that I love the most. And uh, yeah, uh, I stayed in banking and I, I enjoy it. It's been great. Again, sorry, but congratulations. <laughs> thanks, thanks. Yeah, no, it's all good. It's all good. So how has it been living there? Do you have any Zambians around? Do you have any Africans around or other people that you congregate with? Life in China has been, um, <laughs> it's been interesting. You know, if you look, uh, I think I would like put it like into three different characters, categories. Sorry, There's like pre-COVID, then you've got life um, during lockdown, then you've got life after lockdown i think like that's that's the best way i could like categorize it when you look at um pre-covid it was an interesting space to be honest you would you'd have like so many of these different luxuries that you'd have and you'd have like more it was more convenient you know there were less rules and everything you know you would literally just walk into any place you know do whatever you wanted to do you just get into a campus and don't worry, it'll make more sense later. You just walk into like any school campus, you know, meet up with your friends, hang out, you know, just chill, easily just go over to a friend's compound, you just go over to like a soccer pitch, you just have fun. And it was super amazing because at my university where I was at, we were we had quite a number of international students. Quite a number. And at least one third were Zambians. So there were literally like so many yeah, so like literally so many Zambians around. So it was a really interesting space, had so many different friends from so many different parts of Zambia. And as well, we had so many different people from so many different you know, regions. We had so many people from Africa, so many people from Europe, some people from the Americas. So it was super, and Asia too. So it was super interesting. It was super fun. I guess things sort of started to change after, after COVID and the lockdowns because you had so many people who were like super afraid of it. And a number of people, unfortunately, did leave. It was like a bit of a difficult, you know, transition, you know, getting like having, you know, all your friends around, having to like have that space and freedom and then getting into not really having that much space and freedom because we were like sort of locked down in our, I was in the dormitory. So I was like locked down in the dormitory. We couldn't really leave the dormitory space and everything. If you wanted like food, groceries and whatnot, you just like order it on like an Excel sheet. You give it to like one of the student advisors. Yes. 
you just like put what you wanted in like kgs and whatnot just be like oh i want one kg of chicken i want like one kg or 500 grams of cabbage and this and that then you send it over to like the school student advisors and everything and then they would like procure everything and bring it over by the dormitory building and you just pick it up pay for it go to your room so it was like a very different space it was challenging everybody had like a whole different challenge well with lockdown being an immigrant can be hard having been away from my home country for over 20 years has allowed me to experience these hardships firsthand throughout my journey i've had a lot of challenges that were hard to bear juggling adjustment to a new country obtaining my immigration papers getting married having children establishing my career and finding time for myself even though i've always had faith i also relied on therapy which gave me the tools to cope with the issues life brought me my fellow dreamers let's remove the stigma around therapy and normalize seeking help with today's sponsor better help BetterHelp offers licensed therapists who are trained to listen and help you. Go to betterhelp.com slash pastures for 10% off your first month of therapy with BetterHelp and get matched with a therapist who will listen and help in as little as 48 hours. Post-lockdown, it's been challenging in a whole different way because now China has got this whole code system so there's like so many different I don't even know how to put it properly but it's just um it's challenging because as I said like you can't even like just go to any university anymore you can't just go and like visit your friend anyhow you'd have to like go there scan a code show them that oh yes you do have a green code sometimes even if you do have your green code you need to have your COVID test done and I guess because of like all these new different rules and regulations that have been going on, a number of people have been leaving. So it's, it's not the same space that, you know, we, we used to know. We look at it sometimes and we laugh about how different, you know, China was, you know, from what we found and what we're like living in now. But we, we do find, you know, time to like meet up. We do find time to like laugh with a few friends and everything. You still do have a couple Zambians here and there. Fortunately for me, I actually even just met one a couple of days ago at the immigration. Right. Yeah, it was like super, yeah, it was like super fun and like super random. I was at the immigration doing one thing and I saw this man coming in with what, what I assumed was his wife and his kid. So he went over to like one of the tellers. He was trying to photocopy something and I just saw his green passport Zambian and I was like, yes. You know, and um, once he was done, I even just like stopped him like, hey, excuse me. I just saw your passport. And I want to just say congratulations about the baby and everything. And, you know, we got to talking, we exchanged contacts, hoping to meet up with him, you know, soon, because he also mentioned that he's been having a hard time, you know, meeting Zambians as well since COVID. So it's good that we're still noticing each other. And at least once we do see each other, we still try to reach out a little bit here and there. Wow, that's very interesting in terms of the COVID yeah. restrictions and stuff. Like, how often do you guys have to test for COVID? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I did say quite a bit. And yeah, that was also in there. So China's current policy, those are recording this is for December. So actually, saying China's current policy would be wrong because it, every province has got its own policy. <laughs> so my, my, my province's policy currently is that for you to use public public resources anyway, you have to have a three-day COVID test. 
it should be like 72 hours. <laughs> yes, within a 72 hour window. If it's outside that 72 hour window, like you can't enter like a public space, you can't use public transportation. Like, I kid you not, like it's, um, it's a whole thing. Though certain cities technically still do have the same thing, but then certain places won't let you inside unless you have a COVID test that's valid for 24 hours. Technically, it's 72, but places were like, nope, it needs to be like 24 hours. It's a struggle here and there, but I guess it's just one of those things. I'm just thinking of everybody listening to yeah. this. Guys, the freedom that we have. Oh, my God. Yeah, <laughs> Ladies it is, and gentlemen, um... please. Oh, my goodness. I, I, I mean, I feel bad. I, yes. I, I, I feel it's, bad. For, it's tough. I mean, I, I, I get it, and I don't get it. Yeah. If you if you know what I mean, like it's, I know I know exactly what you mean. Twenty four hours to get in the building, three days prior to yes. getting. Come on, people. Yes, yes. Well, I guess you know the the good thing. Sorry, excuse me. Are the numbers there are so low? many. Are the numbers still high? Are the numbers low for COVID? Because if they still... um they were low until about a couple of weeks ago. A couple of weeks ago, there were a few cases in. Guangzhou, so some districts in Guangzhou, which is like um, one of the more commercial parts of China, mm-hmm. was like in lockdown. So some counties, some regions, some districts were like on lockdown here and there. So actually even getting like packages or parcels there was like a nightmare. That was like at least two or three weeks ago. I hear it's good now. But then like this week and last week, I hear Shanghai is a bit bad together with my city, Hangzhou. A couple of districts are like not so good. It's one of those things. I, I get yeah. it. Maybe I guess it's still on the high side in, in different provinces in China. Probably that's why they have a strict policy when it comes yeah. to this. Hopefully it gets better for you guys. Because, I mean, we, we need connection as human beings. And when we lose that, especially as immigrants, yeah. it's lonely. It really gets lonely if you don't have that connection with other people, with other uh, with your friends. And just to see people, getting outside to see people. That's what I miss the most when we were on lockdown. I mean, I was home. I did everything online. But going out to have that connection. Because New York was a ghost town. Everybody was indoors. We we were ordering online. If you go to a restaurant, the restaurants were closed. You would order for pickup. That's all they were doing. And they would open certain hours. They would not stay open the whole time. So they would open for certain hours. Probably by like 4 o'clock they're closed. Because here it's it's a city that never sleeps. So it was unheard of. It's a city that never sleeps. You can go to a restaurant at 10 o'clock, at 9 o'clock at night and they'll still serve you food. So it it was, yeah, it was very interesting. But we're back to normal. Luckily. Luckily you you are. Well, we're... We're there sometimes when things are good, when everything is like, okay, we're like there, we're like, oh, normal, well, the new normal anyway. And then when things get a bit hectic, we, we do have a few shutdowns and whatnot. But yeah, we are hoping that at least sooner or later, things will get closer to the old normal, at least. So if uh, someone is coming to, to visit China, there's more restrictions to that? Or are they even allowing? Honestly, as far as I know... I don't believe China was giving tourist visas. I'm honestly not even sure. I, I, I haven't been looked up on it. Oh, wow. But I don't believe they're giving tourist visas. I'm going to look into yeah. it and see. Wow. Yeah, I'd have to look into it as well. It's um, it's a bit funky. It's a bit weird. But um, I guess we'll all keep on hoping that 
sooner or later, like everybody was just gonna come down with the whole thing, get used to it, and be like, okay, this isn't new no more. And um, things would just at least get back to the old normal. You know, things would just slow down a bit more. I think that's what other countries have have done. Like they have just accepted that this is our new normal. And yeah. uh, in a lot of cases, like I had COVID, or like almost three weeks ago, I I had COVID. So it, it's I'm sorry testing, and it wasn't as bad as the first time. This was the second time for me getting it, and I didn't even know. I thought it was allergies. That was the part. But I was like, I was telling yeah. everybody, I was like, oh, I have allergies after twenty years of being in the US. Now I, <laughs> the allergies are catching up. And then. <laughs> <laughs> for some weird reason because my son was coughing and for some yeah. reason I was like okay let me get tested so we test oh god we have home tests my daughter yeah. goes to primary school here so they give them tests every single day so you could t- home tests so you could test from home yeah. uh, if anything if you feel sick so they encourage us to test if you're not feeling well if you're coughing or whatever and this is the season where people are having like flus coughs and stuff and yeah. they encourage you to test yourself so I have lots of home tests <laughs> from work and my daughter every day we get one every day oh Wow. <laughs> yeah. Every I guess day. um <laughs> but it's not like it's a, reinforced. Like we can go to buildings, we can go to public places. Yeah. With you know, just people are taking precautions. They wear masks if they're not feeling well and stuff like that. So you if you're not feeling well, we they encourage you to wear a mask around people. I I I would really like that. For us it's the masking is not exactly conditional, it's more of a requirement in like public spaces and stuff it's um <laughs> it's oh, uh every well, day so when you leave it, it, it the house away. you have to wear your mask i guess well in campus at least they're like a bit easy with it they don't have they don't really like force you to like have it but then weirdly enough like in the other dormitory building where we usually go get some food or do a couple of stuff mm-hmm. every time as you're like going inside they're like you have to have your mask on when you're entering a bus uh, metro station they're like you have to have your mask on Actually, not even permitted inside without your mask. Same with malls and and a couple other places. I see. Wow, guys, yeah. if you're planning to go to China once they start to give visas, just be prepared. Wow, yeah. that's interesting. Just be prepared, but it's still, yeah, but it's still yeah, like a lovely uh, place to be honest. Despite, yeah, no, because I think all of us are under the impression because our, a lot of our countries where we are in, they have you know just accepted mm-hmm. the new normal. And we think that's everywhere yeah. else. So I'm glad that you shed some light uh, on what's actually happening. Because I'm surprised that you guys are still under restrictions. They're really hard restrictions. No, I understand what you mean. Because like a couple of weeks ago, a number of people were surprised when they're watching the World Cup. And they're like, wait, what are so many people doing in a stadium without <laughs> their masks on? And people are like going crazy, like, what? This is not real. They shouldn't be doing that. You know, like it was like a whole thing, apparently, on like Chinese social media and stuff, where everyone was like super surprised at what's going on. You know, it was even ridiculous because, you know, you know, never mind. But yeah, it was just like <laughs> super funny just to see some of the comments and stuff that was going on. Wow. Yeah, that's the impression because I think all of us, it's not only me, all of us are under the impression that, you know, ev- everywhere we are, it's, it's now back to normal and you could go in any building or any place. But it's great 
that you shed some light on that for us. Wow. Have you been back home since you've been in China? Yes, I actually have been fortunate to go back home twice. When I left the first time, I got a return ticket and a one-year return. So I, was, I went. I came to China in 2016. I went home in 2017. You know, caught up with family, caught up with everybody. Um, it was super fun. Had like really the most amazing time. You know, getting to see everybody because like it was. I've been like in boarding school, like from grade 10 to 12, but then. Boarding school is different. <laughs> boarding school is different because, like, mom and dad are like always like you know a phone call away, you know, so to speak. <laughs> I guess with the way my boarding school was, you know, it was a thing over like occasionally once in a while, mom and dad would like pass by and they'd be like, "Oh, go? I'm going over to the Vingston." I was at Luengu in、uh, Monse. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah. So whenever they're like traveling down that route, they'd always pass by. They'd be like, "Hey, friend, to check up on you. Wanted to see how you're doing." And you know those that that whole thing, but now here it's like there's nobody passing by to to see you or anything like that. Always having to you know make those video calls and then the time difference and everything just like makes everything super hard and inconvenient. So getting to go back home in 2017 was like super amazing, super wonderful. I was hoping that I'd be able to get like a return ticket when I was leaving 2017, but then Dad was like, no, 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 you're getting a a one way. We'll get you your return when you're going to come home to visit, and then return back to China. So yeah, I left in 2017、um, to resume my program, and I was fortunate enough to go back in 2019 because I had to go do my internship, which I did back home in Zambia. So I was able to go back as well in 2019, which was also super amazing. Yeah, I was able to get that on-the-job, on-the-site experience as a civil engineer, and also able to like you know chill with family more because. You know, it's just been a long time. So you know, getting to see everybody, you know, getting to do all the crazy stuff you used to do, you know, with friends, with family, it was just super nice to get to do that again. And that was the last time that I was home, 2019. How do you deal with home being homesick? Because you guys are under restrictions.、Uh, how do you deal with being homesick? Usually, it's by making those. Those calls、um, to like friends, to family, you know, just getting to to speak with them because it's real, you know. Sometimes you you just feel like like in a funk, you know. You don't really know what's up, and you just find yourself like you know replaying or like you know thinking about all those crazy things that you could be doing, all those crazy things that you did do. You know, it's funny how even up to now, some of the little things like just getting on my mom's nerves is something that I still miss, and then. I'm just like, you know what? I don't care what time it is. I'm calling your mom, and just trying to see if I can get catch, you know, like five minutes, ten minutes with her. And when I'm fortunate enough, we do talk for like at least an hour, two hours, and the like, just to catch up, see how everybody is doing, see what's up, you know, just get to to talk and everything. But on days when I'm not so lucky, I guess it's just distractions. But most of the times, I'm lucky enough to go to at least call some friends. I guess I'm lucky that、um, we're in this age, you know, where you've got WhatsApp, you've got Facebook, you've got email, you've got Instagram, fa-、um, Facebook. What else is it? Twitter. So you're able to like easily catch up with the people who you want to catch up with. It's just a matter of sending a text and just being like, "Hey, you're available," or "What time are you available?" So at least that's how I've been like dealing with homesickness, just making those those calls. So what are you doing now in China? Right now, I'm.、Um, I'm working on my. I'm working on improving my Chinese language. At least I'm trying to improve my Chinese language.、Um, I've been doing a language program, which 
not only is for the language as well, but it also allowed me to like have a buffer and um, try to figure out what it is that I want to do next, which direction do I go in, and you know what's the next step for for my life. I guess um, I felt it would be easier for me to like do that here, at least in China for now. It felt like a much better option than going back home and trying to figure it out from there. I thought I may have more opportunity, or at least. I can have a better, a bit of an advantage, you know, trying to figure that out from here. At least, it also allowed me to, like, if I want to go to a different country and whatnot, I thought it'd be easier doing it all from here than doing it from back home. So I'm just doing my language and trying to figure out what it is that inspires me, what it is that I'm passionate about. Part of your bio was you're learning to unlearn. Do you mind sharing with us what yeah. you are unlearning? <laughs> A lot of us, it's hard oh. to unlearn certain habits. <laughs> so what are you unlearning, sir? It is. It is hard to unlearn. Oh, my Lord. It's, um, unlearning is a tough process. I guess when you grow up in a community like ours, you know, which is super tight-knit, which is a godsend. Um, I, I always love our community for, for how tight it is. But then there's this whole community pressure <laughs> that tends to come up, you know, f- from such a very tight community because there are like so many different expectations from you, from what can I say, F- from the people around you. People have so many different expectations of you, too many different ideas of what you could be and who you could become. And then they don't only tend to put a pressure on you, so they also tend to put it on your parents. And, you know, that also tends to like trickle down again coming to you where you feel like you're being like hit from all sides so you know because of that that community that we live in there are so many different ideals expectations and norms that we do have as a community and one of the things that i've been trying to learn to unlearn is some of the norms that we do have you know from those communities trying to figure out why it is that we do was it why i do what i do and if it's something that I do because it's something that I want to do, or is it something I do because of this community pressure that's like all around me? So that's like one of the things that I've been coming to like unlearn. I guess that's where most of the things I come to unlearn come from, you know, trying to figure out if everything that I do truly is in the best benefit of myself and my community, or if it's just pressure from around. Because... You know, there's so many things that you tend to like believe are like the right thing to do or like the best thing to do. Until you go out there and then you see how the rest of the world lives or how other people are doing it. And you're like, you're not trying to like, you know, switch your mind and like do what other people are doing. But you're just thinking that maybe what we're doing is not exactly correct. I'm not saying these other people are correct, but maybe what we're doing could also be done maybe better. So it's trying to like unlearn, you know, some of the things that we do have, some of the tendencies that we do have, and trying to see if we can, or if I can create a much better reality or community for myself. I feel like I spoke quite a lot and said, I said quite a lot and said nothing at the same time. I don't know if that like adds up. No, it uh, it, it makes sense because a, a lot of us just do things. That's that's like what I was saying about your your engineering. I was asking those yeah. questions because uh, a lot of us do what our parents want us to do instead of what yeah. we feel passionate about, what we want to do. Like my daughter right now, she tells me almost every day she wants to be an actress. She wants to be a singer. She wants, 
all of these things. She she has a number of things that she she wants to do, and yeah. the fact that she says it every single day, I was like, okay, I guess this is something that she's passionate about. I have my own ideas. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm I'm trying I'm, yeah. I'm I'm staying away from my own ideas. That's that's what I'm. You have to respect yeah, your good. children. You have to respect your children and their voices. Should uh, they should be able to feel like they matter, yeah. like their voice matters if they say something. I'm supporting her in whatever she's telling me she wants to do. I'm like okay, so what are we gonna do to? get you to be that person yeah no i was just gonna say that's amazing it's, it's always amazing to hear that yeah no the, the, my our parents always have different ideas and they, they the way we are brought up especially back home it's it's very like you do as i say and that's it that's, yeah. that's how the, the parents put it to us at least that's how we are receiving they might probably not mean it that way but a lot of us children receive it that way it's like it's either my way or the highway yeah. that's how it goes <laughs> yeah yeah listen we when you go to other countries it opens you up to certain things you get exposed to a lot of things and you get to start unlearning if you're willing to unlearn because sometimes we get stuck in our own ways yeah. our old ways and even if you're exposed to so much it takes maturity to admit to that that i'm unlearning i want to unlearn certain things i want to make sure that i'm doing something yeah. that's right by me and not for other people so that, that that's that's important that's really great yeah it is it's just scary you know because as i said you know that whole community pressure so you feel like every time you're and learning or questioning you feel like everybody is trying to is going to be on your case like oh my god why is he doing this and you know how we say it in our community even if our zoom weevil uh, you know uh, yes. just the whole <laughs> you see there's just that whole thing about it exactly so why even if you're trying to do something for yourself they're like no you're just doing it so that you can try and be like that and you're like it's nothing to do with trying to be like that it's trying to be me who i am so and learning and is we, we, we are and growing as you grow you also have to change but yeah. it's just the people around us they want you to be the same person and i think as a community we have to stop yeah. putting people in a box and um support people as they grow on their journey because uh i don't know why would you want to be the same person every year every day <laughs> I, I I don't know. Well, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I don't know. You know, there's so many things that I've heard you now about like people and boxes and like perceptions, and I feel like it's it's a scary thing because it's something that you know we we have done to ourselves for a very long time. You know, we we try to put other people in a box because we put ourselves in a box to begin with. Exactly. We try to box ourselves up and define ourselves as this one thing. But forgetting that that's not exactly what life is. Life is all about growth. Life is about change. Just because a couple of years ago you believed one thing doesn't mean that you have to believe the same thing for the for the rest of your life. With the more information that you have, the more your perception changes. But I guess we get so scared of it sometimes as individuals and as a community that we tend to like really shut it out. And I'm hoping that, you know, slowly we get to realize that change is a good thing. Yeah. 
No, no, I hope I, I hope our community does that. Like honestly, like change is a good thing, especially on personal development. Uh, I think it's the best gift you can ever give yourself. Yeah. Um, at work, my job is constantly changing. The rules, the regulations, the procedures, everything yeah. is constantly changing. Like, why wouldn't I want to change myself? I transform myself differently every year, every every month or something. And people accept. Like at work, it's okay, but yeah. on yourself, it's not okay. <laughs> Just because there's a paycheck connected to it, <laughs> yeah. like why not yourself? <laughs> yeah, there's a paycheck connected to my job, but well, I'm, because yeah, you're, you're worth more should, than the paycheck. <laughs> yeah, I'm worth more than the paycheck, and we forget that. <laughs> so, my dear, you oh are a my. producer on a podcast called The Village ZM. How was how did yes. that come about? Yes. How did you guys get to become the village? It's an amazing podcast, guys. Oh, the, thank you, thank you. The village um, is truly been something that I'm happy to be a part of. It's really been an amazing road for us. We're like going to two years now, or oh, over a year, a little bit over a year. Yeah, we started off in 2021, during the last seven elections, because during that time, um, we were all not in the same space. Was it that the founders were not in the same space? I was here in China. Another founder was over in Denmark. Another founder was in the USA. Another founder was in Canada. And, you know, we felt like there was so much that was riding on these elections. So, so much change that needed to be done, you know, because of like the state of our country. And we wanted to, to be the voice because we realized that we couldn't be the voice that cast a vote, but we thought we could be the voice that can help change people's perspectives or at the very least help people see the bigger picture, which was what like our goal was not to tell them at all vote for that person, but for that, but just to help people understand or see the landscape so that they can make a more informed decision for themselves. And we kept on having that conversation, me with one of the founders in Denmark and one of the founders in Denmark with, the, with a guy in Canada. So we just kept on like having discussions of what we could do and what not until eventually the guy in Denmark decided to like bring us all together and be like, okay, you know what, let's do this. And that's how we came up with doing the podcast. So the initial vision and the initial goal of the podcast was focused on primarily the election. You know, seeing what we could do to just open up people's mind, let people understand the players in the game and just to see if we can, you know, make better decisions about you know our country because at the end of the day i may be in china but zambia is my home zambia is where my roots are zambia is where my community really is yes i do have community here but my real community my real people i know how that sounds but yeah they're they're in zambia so i wanted to like you know do my part to make sure that zambia is is in the best state it can be so I can be more inclined to go back home. Well, listen, that's, that's, just, that's just putting it mildly. Yeah, I mean, ultimately, we want to build a country that you want to be proud of, your children to be proud of. Yeah. You guys did a, a phenomenal job. Uh, like, 
giving people insight on who was running and um, it, it, it was incredible. It, it, it's incredible. And I'm glad you, you guys made a difference uh, in that. That's the power of what we do. And you can give people information. And I hope you're happy with who is in office. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to say yes. <laughs> uh, Give but, people um, time. Give people time to adjust. No. Okay. Yes. Okay. Yes. 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 I, I I I agree with you. We should expect change. We should expect that things should be different. But I guess I expected things to be different in a different way. But now I'm seeing more of the same old, same old, and I'm like wondering when are we gonna break out of of the cycle? When are we gonna keep on like? repeating the same things and like you, expecting uh, different it's, results it's only been a year you know a year is telling i know that i know how hypocritical i sound <laughs> or maybe at least how hypocritical I, I hear myself in my head because i know like a year or at least the beginning doesn't define the end but the beginning does set a tone it does sort of give you a, a projection of where things are going and the projection of where things are going seem to be going the way things have always been going. And we're like, that's not what we wanted. We wanted, or I guess maybe it's my fault because I'm like expecting so much from Zambia because because of my bias to it. I'm like hoping that Zambia would make like this miraculous change in two years. And, you know, it would be like more, you know, to make it like better for like me to go back home, you know, and everything and like settle have you had a conversation have you had a conversation with people on the ground because i hear differently for people on the ground including my siblings because i didn't vote so i have no say i whenever i vote now i vote for here in america hopefully the next time around i can vote in zambia also but have you had conversations with people on the ground like how do they feel because for us here in the diaspora, we have a biasness because of where we are. Things move fast, yeah. faster where we are because of the yeah. infrastructure, the economy that we, we have. But back home, it's like starting from zero. So the people that you guys were encouraging for people to elect, he's starting from zero. He's correcting, uh, I'm assuming he's correcting what was done wrong or incorrect or whatever opportunities that he has found in his role, he's working on those. And if those opportunities, it's a hundred opportunities, he's probably at number 50. So you have to, you guys have to give him some type of grace and find out from the people on the ground. How do you feel about your new president? It's been these many days. Is there any change yeah. in your role in terms of you know employment? Because we have unemployment in Zambia. Are, are there any job opportunities yeah. that are coming around that you qualify for that you you know you may yeah. want? So I think we have a high expectations. I'm that way. I'm that way. I already told everybody uh, whenever they ask me, "Are you going to retire in Zambia?" I'm like, I'm yeah. not retiring in Zambia, unfortunately. I, I'll go to Zambia to visit. Where I retire, Cape Town. That's my... Home is where you are. It is, it is. It this is for is. now. Maybe 10 years from now or whatever. I'll change my mind. I don't know. But for now as it is, 
I'll, I'll contribute. I, I, I hope so. Yeah, I'll contribute to the Zambian government, Zambian economy. To I, I contribute through people. That's yeah. how I'm, I'm contributing. Just to the betterment of, of the community. No, I get it. I understand it. Yeah. yeah. So I think maybe we should give him grace. I mean, he was here, yeah. but I couldn't go because yeah. it was disorganized, very disorganized, how they were trying to organize it. And I, I couldn't get a ticket in time. So I was just like, okay. But I wanted to meet him. I wanted to meet him, ask him at least one or two questions on the diaspora, for the diaspora community. As we expecting you should have you should quick. have quick no i was going to yes i was committed to go i wish I, I i wish you did it would have been like super amazing yeah no i i mean i'm planning to bring one of our ambassadors because they are in, are in communication with him directly so i can ask him the same questions yeah. i can ask uh, them the questions and they can give us some answers of what is happening in Zambia and especially like what they are doing when they go to these countries what exactly are they doing for us in the diaspora yeah because it's not only passports you know for us to get passports what else (laughs) true 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 and I guess you know it's um, when I was like, no, it's been something, you know, that, that's like been on my mind, I guess, the past couple of years, well, past couple of weeks or months, at least, is, you know, when you look at how many people have like left Zambia and how many people are like less inclined to like go back to Zambia. And, you know, it's, I, I see myself, you know, going down that same path where I feel like I'm more inclined to not go back. And I'm like, I do want to go back, but I just wish things could just happen so i feel like that's where my bias comes from i feel like that's why i feel like nothing is happening it's it's because like i just want things to be better just so that like it's easier for me to for me to go back for me to actually stay in zambia because i guess maybe it's also people who i'm speaking with but they are having a hard time everybody's like saying this and that but i guess i am really hoping that things get better i miss home I want to go back to those Chilean streets, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I, I get it. I get it. We want our country to almost reflect like where we are, but it will take time. Yeah. These countries have been developed for many, many years, longer than our country. Yeah. So taking some time, I'll, 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 I'll try to bring in guests that might answer those questions. I'd love to get the president himself. Um, anybody who knows him closely Please. would like, I would love to ask him a number of questions just so we all on the same page to understand what his agenda is yeah. at this point in time. Cause when you're campaigning, it's different. And then when you are in the office, yeah. it's different. It's leadership. It's different because you are changing things as you go. If, for instance, yeah. there was COVID. So leadership had to change and address the priority which was COVID and then now there's not less COVID cases we still have COVID cases but this COVID cases is not a pandemic as it was before so now like what's the agenda where are we going from from now like can people come back home yes feel at home yes yes but I know I'm 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 just hoping that 
I'm sure it, it, it'll be resolved so, shortly. I, I, I really... <laughs> but you're not really the only just, one that feels nobody. that way. That you're not uh-huh. the only one that feels yeah. that way. For me, I made up my mind that yeah. way even before anything, politics or whatever. It's just I had a connection years yeah. ago when I went to South Africa and I loved it. And I was ah. just like, if I don't come to America, this will be my uh my second option. So to retire, yeah. it's not only that. now. I made up my mind years ago, many, many years ago. Like I have my kids and I don't mind settling in South Africa and living there for the rest of my time here on Earth. I don't mind once I retire. I get you. I'm 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 hoping. This is just me hoping here that when you go to visit Zambia, you have that connection with Zambia. You have that spark, you know, and then you decide that you know what? Maybe South Africa will just be the place, or Cape Town would just be the place I visit, and Zambia will be my retirement home. Just, just you, a never, dream. You, so, you, you, you never know. You never know. My family is there. My, yeah. The thing is, my, my family understands me. So when I explained mm-hmm. this to my youngest, because she was in London for five years. And then when I told her, it, it, I was explaining to her, because they kept asking me, buy a home in Zambia. I'm like, it's not my dream. <laughs> That's not my dream. You know, the sense yeah. of community that we have. It's like, because everybody else is doing it. Oh, you should buy a house in Zambia. No, I don't want to. I would like to buy a house here in America. That's my dream. So yeah. when it comes to settling down uh, my retirement plan, for now, it's Cape Town. But I, I, I want, I'm going to visit Zambia for a very long time. I do have a connection uh, back home. I, I, I do. That's my home. Uh, yeah. It's who I am. Like the, my roots are there, and what I want to do is to give back. I want to give back to my country. Even, yeah. In, in a way that I'm there, and I'm able to help others. Living there, maybe I'll I'll do two months, three months. Yeah, mm. I'll, I'll do. No, three I, months. I understand. Yeah, I'll do three months, and then um, winter time. I, I go and then summertime I, I come back. That, that would be the, the goal. That would be the goal. It's not bad. It's not bad. No, it's not bad. Summers in Zambia are beautiful. So I'm like, I, I, I totally didn't see that. I, 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 I totally didn't see that. Honestly, August, from August to December, yeah. th- those will be my months to, yeah. to, to go. Those will be my months. I don't yeah. mind the hot heat. I, I, I don't mind it at all. I don't mind it. What motivates you? Yeah. What gets you up? What gets me up every morning are my Chinese classes. <laughs> but um, I guess what really motivates me and like really, re- really, you know, gives me that drive or gives me that focus currently is to do with the podcast. Um, the podcast is one of my main motivations, one of my main sources of inspiration. I'm always sort of challenging, or is it we are always challenging ourselves? to see what more we can do to see what more you know we can do for my country so i feel like that's sort of my main motivation right now figuring what we can do as a podcasting community to grow our reach to reach out to more people to you know extend um well i'm I'm practicing the same thing in different ways yeah to grow our reach and you know have an impact on people's lives that 
that we want to have on them. You know, one that allows or encourages growth. One that allows people to see the bigger picture. One that allows people to learn to unlearn. And, you know, create, which will create growth, you know, for our country. So that's one of my biggest motivations right now, working on the podcast and, you know, getting those long-term visions accomplished. Nice. Have yeah. you found your coffee pastures? I'm not sure yet. Honestly, okay. I'd like to say I'm still in a space where, where I don't know. There's, you know, there's a lot that I tend not to know than that I do know. So I'm not yet, I'm not yet sure. But I'm hoping, I'm hoping that I have. I'm hoping that I have. But I'm still, I'm still not so, I'm, I'm still not so confident. I'm still, I'm, I'm still not so, I'm not there yet. At least I can't say I'm there yet. And that's okay. <laughs> and that's yeah, it is okay. okay. Listen, you, we are all on a journey of life. And life is yeah. constantly happening. And with that you find out what makes it concrete and what's not concrete and if you're still on the journey of finding your purpose you are unlearning things so yeah yeah you my dear yeah, i'm so grateful for you uh being here this has been wonderful i wanted to connect with you i wanted to get a little bit of what it's like to be in china and so many people uh, that are looking to go to China would take something from this conversation and what's happening now yeah. because um, a lot of people I guess know China as before COVID and then now yeah. after COVID that was a lot to learn in that space there, there's a, that was a lot yeah. to learn. it was a lot to learn yeah there is a lot to learn and I but mean, yeah, I know I've been like super hard and like said a lot of like weird stuff about it but to be honest it's an amazing space I have I have met so many different people you know here so many different people from like around the world you know right now like today actually I'm a little sad um one of my roommates just left he um he's a guy from Kazakhstan I yeah and like we had very little interactions like because he speaks Chinese and Russian and I speak English and a bit of Chinese and he doesn't speak English. So like we had like that, that difficulty like interacting, but then despite all that, him leaving today was like, you know, it, it, it I, I feel it like I'm missing something. So there are like so many different people that I've met. Yeah. So many different connections that I've like made so many new and amazing experiences that I've made. And yes, it is hard. It is tough, like being here in China. There's so many different things that keep on popping up every day. But there's so many beautiful things as well on the other side of it all. It's not all bad. It's yeah. It may be challenging, but it is an amazing experience. It is something that I'm super grateful for, and it's something that I'm still looking forward to to, to keep on doing. Like despite everything I've just mentioned and a whole lot more that's going on behind the scenes, I'm still looking forward to it because. It does have its plus size. It does have its beauty. I am enjoying it. Oh, that's good. I am so happy I was able to yeah. bring you out from behind the scenes to share with <laughs> us where you are and just share a little bit of your story with us. I'm, I'm so grateful for that. So thank you for sharing and thank you for pouring into our community. Appreciate you. Thank you so much for having me. I'm uh, I'm truly happy to be here. I was really, 
I was really scared. Well, yeah, I was really scared. <laughs> uh, this, this is why <laughs> I stopped hosting even on my own platform. I'm one person who enjoys the background. So thank you so much for pulling me out of my shell. It's, um, it's super amazing. Thank you so much for letting me experience the life of a guest. I'm changing the way I treat my guests completely changing it <laughs> we said it before i'm saying it again because it's real i'm putting it out there you know so people can hear me when i say i'm changing the way i treat my guests because being a guest is is super tough but i'm happy i did it it's been an amazing experience thank you learned no. a lot from it no thank you thank you for that appreciate it that's it for this episode thank you again for lending us your ears it's truly an honor to save each and every dreamer. You can continue to support us by liking, sharing, and following us on our social media pages. The links are all in the show notes. We have so many exciting projects and ventures in store for you. Until next time, keep dreaming. Concrete pass.